This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I'm Dax Holt. That over there, however, is not Adam Glenn. That is Zach Peter. Welcome, buddy. How are you? I mean, I feel like now that I'm no longer blonde, I can fill in for Adam. People may not even notice. <laughs> it is true. Why Why the uh, the change in hair color? It, it it's uh, I, I like it. It's, it's a good change. Yeah, I was blonde for like six years. Um, it was just I was like, listen, I'm 30 now. Like, I can't be doing the platinum hair forever. And like, you know, it was just it was time to to freshen things up. All right. All right. Well, I like it. I, I noticed that uh, some of your old promo stuff still is is the blonde hair. And then you come on with the dark hair. I'm like, OK, this is this is dope. And if you guys happen to be listening to Zach Peters podcast, um, uh, what what day was that? Wednesday that we did that? We did that interview. Mm hmm. Wednesday. So I was a guest on his podcast. Um this week and so go check out that episode if you have not we had a lot of fun talking about all the bravo drama that's been going on in the world and then uh, obviously we'll mention some of it on the rundown today but just so much happening in the world of entertainment craziness and so we're going to do our raw rundown get you caught up on all things entertainment news i'm going to read a quick review real fast before we jump into it so today's review this one is from Roblox Lagger. It says, Hollywood Raw. I'm a new listener. Followed Heather McDonald over the week. I've really enjoyed listening to the shows in the vault. Love it, guys. That is from Amy Oberst from California. Thank you for that. I'm going to read one more real fast, actually. Let's do this one. Love being five stars. My fave, my favorite podcast. Can't wait for a new episode every week. I wish there was new episode every day. Gets me through my commute. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you guys awesome. so much for leaving those reviews over on Apple Podcasts. That's where we're grabbing them from. Um, and really appreciate you taking the time. All right. Zach, are you ready? I'm ready, Dax. What are we starting with? What's at number 10 this week? Number 10 is Carmen Electra, whose real name is now officially Carmen Electra. She's uh, She was born... Uh, Tara Lee Patrick. Um, that is what she has been called her entire life uh, by the government. But now she has officially granted her legal name change. That all went down on Tuesday. Uh, the 51-year-old actress uh, now gets her driver's license, passport, and other legal documents with the official name Carmen and Electra. And I don't know if everyone knows how she got that name. Do you know that that was given to her by Prince? By Prince, right. Well, first of all, I mean, that was news to me because I always thought her name was Carmen Electra. I didn't even know her name was Tara Reed. <laughs> Tara Reed. Tara Lee. Tara Lee. Tara Lee. I, I think I it's mean, so funny. I mean, even Tara Lee even doesn't even doesn't even sound like a real name. Like, even that sounds like a porn star name. Like, she went from Tara Lee Patrick to... Carmen Electra, which is a better porn star name, but you know, we, well, you know, we kept it Tara in the same Patrick, genre. Tara Patrick is also a porn star. See, that's what I mean. Tara Lee Patrick. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I, we did a whole like uh, episode on celebrity names when like their birth names versus their stage name. And so many of them, you would have no idea uh, if, if you called out, Hey, Tara Patrick, you'd have no idea that was Carmen Electra. No, I didn't. I really believed her name was Carmen Electra. I bought into the lie. Well, it is official now. So now you can call her Carmen Electra and uh, you are not wrong. But yeah, she was given that name by uh, Prince back in the day. I guess she had done some work with him. She was kind of in her budding singing career and uh, she didn't she was super shy. She 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 didn't know kind of like her route through the industry. And he wanted to give her a stage name and he came up with Carmen. But Carmen was already a, a singer's name back then. And it was already trademarked and all of that. And so he gave her the last name of Electra, and she goes, "Okay, why not? Let's try it." And of course, you know, this many years later, that's how everyone knows her. So, anyway, does it usually just, take this long for a name change? I feel like that was a very long time for her to make it official. <laughs> I think she just, for a lot of people, there is some animate. Uh, how do you say the word? An, an anonymity. Anonymity. There we go. To 
your court documents or legal stuff not being your uh, the name that the world knows you. Like you could buy a house, you can go to the doctor, and no one knows that that's you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. think about you have to do some kind of checkup, and your your doctor writes, "Oh, so and so's got herpes" or whatever. No one knows it's you then. Yeah, nobody knows I have herpes, Docs. <laughs> So anyway. All right. Well, what do we have at number nine? Uh, Number nine. OnlyFans is saving lives, you guys. OnlyFans, uh, at least that's according to Drea DiMatteo, who is uh, one of the stars of Sopranos back in the day. She uh, is saying that OnlyFans saved her family, stopped her from foreclosure. She said that, uh, you know, she did this interview with Daily Mail this week and she said, listen, my, my family had some hard times. And then came OnlyFans, and she was able to basically get her house out of foreclosure. She said she only had about like $10 left in the bank and then started doing OnlyFans and boom, was able to really start making some good money. And she charges like $15 a month, uh, which I think is actually a lot of money on OnlyFans. I'm not a big OnlyFans person. Uh, but she starts making crazy cash and able to bail herself out. And it's not the first time. I, I feel like we've heard of other celebs say the same thing. They made a lot of money off this. Leah McSweeney. I mean, now, but apparently not enough because now she's got a lawsuit going. But like, how are people spending this much money on porn? Like, uh, we, <laughs> like, I, when I was growing up, we, we got it for free. Like, nobody was spending <laughs> money on porn. And now, like, people are, you know, saving their lives, saving houses. And, and I just, I don't understand how there's this much money in there. People, I have subscribed to on- OnlyFans, but it was mostly market research. Oh, like whose OnlyFans did you subscribe to, Zach? Uh, Harry Jowsey, Chad Johnson from The Bachelor, Denise Richards. Okay. Wow, mm-hmm. Denise Richards. Everybody thought on Real Beverly, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that Lisa Rinna was the one with iconic lips. And then you sign up for Denise <laughs> OnlyFans and pay some $9. <laughs> and now, uh, were any of them worth the money is the question. Oh, Denise was very worth the money. She puts it all out there. I was like, wow, she's gardening with her boobs out. She gives us feet pictures. I mean, the bundles are like talk about that's like, um, you know, it's like the goodwill of, of OnlyFans, but you have like quality. It's the crossroads of OnlyFans. Now, does this cheapen someone's brand, though? Like, if they are an actress, like Denise Richards was an actress, do you think that she is ever going to land those big roles again? I mean, I don't know if Housewives already kind of took her out of that, you know, big marketplace for acting, but them now looking at her as more of a porn star. I mean, was she really landing those roles lately? I feel like she's just been doing like a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah, she does Hallmark movies. She's been on obviously big TV shows. I'm just curious if producers see, oh, she's an, an OnlyFans model at this point. Like, why hire her? I don't know. I mean, I agree. I think it does cheapen the brand. I mean, I remember talking to Erica Jane about that when I had her on my podcast and I asked if she would ever do OnlyFans, especially at the height of like the Girardi scandal. And she was just like, listen, they offered me a lot of money to join OnlyFans at that time. She's like, but once you go down that route, it cheapens the brand. And she's just like, it wasn't a a decision I was willing to make at that time. So, you know, there you go. Good, good right. for the OnlyFans stars saving saving lives. What do we have at number saving eight? lives out there? <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, what number are we on? Eight. Number eight. All right, we got another uh, another money story here. But uh, Billy Porter forced to sell his New York home after the fallout from the SAG after strike. This kind of like, a bummer, uh, but Billy Porter is basically saying that he had to put up his New York home for sale uh, because of all the financial pressure brought on by the SAG after strike. You know, he lost out on a couple big job opportunities that would have really kept him afloat, but you have to go for months and months and months without work. Um, he, and things that would have kept him going, he had to pass on. So really kind of a sad thing here, but he had a four-bedroom, four-and-a-half-bath home in Bellport Village, and he 
bought it back in 2020. So he hadn't had it for that long. He bought it for 1.4, listed for 2.5. So at least he's going to make some money off of it. It is a one acre property, comes with, uh, you know, a heated lap pool, a home gym, a tree house, like some fun stuff. But I think where you could hear that he was sad about it is this was the first home that he had ever been able to own. And because of the strike, he is now basically not able to pay for it anymore. I mean, he needs to join OnlyFans. <laughs> you never the seriously save it, the house. But also, I like do. that's kind of that's as you know, that's standard in this industry. Is sometimes you have months, maybe even a good year, where you're not bringing in a solid paycheck. So to me, this sounds a little like a mismanagement of his finances. If he couldn't afford to keep his house, and now he has to sell his house, um, we may have been spending beyond our means. That is accurate because, like you said, Hollywood is a very unpredictable uh, industry where one minute you have 20 gigs, the next minute you have zero gigs. And it's especially someone, yeah, you you have to prepare. You got to be ready for it and you got to be able to afford something that is going to withstand the weathers of Hollywood. So, um, yeah, just sad. I, I think. I know what a big moment it is for someone to get that first house. And so I can see him just being really bummed. Like I finally was able to do it and now it's gone, slipped through my fingers. Like that sucks. I mean, but for a first house, you have a tree house and you have a, a pool. Like that's a, that we really invested in that house. Like we thought that we were going to keep the checks coming in real strong. <laughs> like we didn't, the good we didn't news start is- modestly. <laughs> <laughs> but he is going to make a million bucks off of it if it sells for the asking price. So that there is some good news into that is that there's a new nest egg for him to uh, to rely on. Well, now he can buy his next house. He can go and follow the fired Vanderpump Rules co-stars and buy a house in the Valley. Like Chris house in the Valley. Get on OnlyFans. There we go. Yeah, there we go. See, options, solutions. He needs to think like a like a hustler. What do we have at number seven, Dax? Uh, Bianca, Kanye West's wife, uh, could f- potentially face prison time or a fine of 15,000 euros after testing the laws of exhibitionism in Paris. So if you've been following any social media platform, you've seen the photos that have been surfacing this week of Bianca walking through the streets wearing um, tights, uh, what what do you call those tights fishnet like yeah, what the hell do you call those yeah. sheer yeah, tights uh with no underwear underneath them you can see basically everything and everything. what i don't understand is what is the point of this zach why why every day do we have to look at her naked body walking through the streets i don't get like why is her husband down for all of this I think he just like likes the art of showing her off. Like he's, it's weird. It looks like he like sees her as some sort of project that he wants to like showcase in a strange mm-hmm. way. Cause it doesn't feel like he sees this as his wife as much as he sees this as like a, an art project, which is but- strange and also makes you think, cause like that's what he used to do with Kim. Kim was his Barbie doll and he would just dress up Kim, but now he's just really trying to push the boundaries. I think he would probably have Kim do some of this stuff had Kim been willing to really, you know, lean in as much as Bianca is. So yes and no, because with Kim, I remember him getting pissed with her because she was too sexual at certain points. That's true. So, it's weird that he is flaunting Bianca's body around. And I say he because I know that he's the one styling her and he's the one putting her in these clothes um, that makes her look super provocative or, you know, just flashing her body. I just find it strange. Like, why, why do you want the world to see every aspect of your wife's body all the time? I don't, I don't get it. And it takes it to another level when she's wearing tights with no underwear and you, you see you all can see the goodies. everything. Yeah. Everything. You can see all her goodies and it's just, it, it is a little strange. Cause that's right. You, you're right that he was always upset with Kim showing too much. And she was always kind of pushing the boundary. Luke, when she would post her nude selfies and whatnot, and he wasn't a big fan of that, that it is interesting to see him do such a, a, a 180 and now 
show off Bianca. I mean, I don't think she's actually going to serve time. I don't even think she's going to no. be fined for, I'm not you know, say she, this, for this. This is a good. But it's also just. It's a media creepy. story. Yeah, it's a media story is all this is. This is like, oh, what could happen and, you know, yeah. and, and put it out there for the world to, like, talk about it. Um, but I, okay, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I don't see them lasting forever. Like, I really, no. I just don't. And what is it going to be like when she's not with him? And it's like, you took this, this opportunity, this time in your life and just showed your body off. And then down the road, you're not with him. And you're like, cool. I, I showed my body. So you to think the world she's going to regret day. it? Yeah. I don't feel like she might. I mean, she probably needs to go to that mental health facility that Rachel Levis went to so she can kind of, you know, get her mental health back on track so that she can survive Kanye. That's going to be a documentary <laughs> one day, Surviving Kanye. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Produced no. by Chris Jenner. Speaking of Kanye, I think we should mention there was another big story that came up this week where Kanye West is calling out Kim, saying that he needs she needs to get the kids out of the school system that they're in or get them out of the, the, the school because it is being used by this, quote unquote, the system. Um, so he posted on social media on Wednesday night and then re and then deleted it basically right after. Um, and the post said, Kim, take my kids out of Sierra Canyon now. It's a fake school for celebrities that are used by the system. And then obviously it disappeared. But I think it's very dangerous on his part, not only to be saying the name of the school, but like this is a private conversation. And I feel that Kanye has no filter when it comes to what should be taken up with Kim privately and what should be put out to the public. And I, I don't know if he does that because he wants to make a statement or if it's for press or he feels like he's going to get Kim's attention because she hasn't responded to his text. I don't know what it is, but this is dangerous for your kids. Yeah. And haven't they run into this issue before where she's come out and she's like, now we have to hire additional security because now the kids school's been outed and peep the paparazzi know where they're at. And it just, it's a security risk. And not only for her own kids, but for all the other kids that go to this school, if the paparazzi are hounding to get a, a photo of Saint or of North, you know, that puts, you know, sometimes paparazzi don't understand boundaries and safety mm -hmm. and, you know, in an environment like that. I just think it's it, it puts a lot of people in danger and he doesn't I think he gets frustrated if she doesn't like immediately respond to him or respond in the way that he wants. So he thinks, let me take this publicly so that people can see that she's been terrible, you know, a terrible co-parent. But it just all you're doing at the end of the day is hurting the kids. Yeah. I'm like, imagine eventually these kids are going to know all the stories that surround this family the drama like right now they may be sheltered from from a certain aspect of it but eventually they will be able to see all this crap that you know i, I want to say the parents but a lot of this comes from kanye and his mouth that never shuts up and i think kim's always done a really good job of not trying to influence the kids she's talked about it on the kardashians where she's like even when the kids when i'm pissed at kanye but the kids want to listen to his music we'll blast it on in the car on our way to school you know and she's like i never want to show their kid's father in a negative light to them mm -hmm. you know i want him to be this guy on a pedestal and i i mean we've even seen like kim and courtney talk about that how courtney's the same way when it comes to scott and the kids idolize their dads and kim's just like you know they complain that i give them a private chef and cool your dad made you ramen he's the best for that <laughs> why don't <laughs> we shaded him apartment. with the ramen I was like, yeah, yeah. Awesome. um what do we have at number six dex ariana grande saying uh that it, there's a hellish feeling when people misunderstand the people you love so she is very frustrated ariana went on the zach sang show on um on the apple music channel on twitch and did a little interview talking about all the rumors and everything that's come up over her love life over the last year. Um, basically, you know, she's been dating Ethan Slater or for, for quite some time now. They supposedly live together. Well, her quote went on. She said, I feel like we don't need to go on into any specifics, but of course there's like this insatiable frustration, inexplicable hellish feeling with watching people misunderstand the people you love and um, and you and anything else. And I think that 
I always find this funny when celebrities complain about the time in the spotlight and relationships because it's half of their brand, right? Like Ariana's brand is people that she's dated, engagements, all of that stuff. She has constantly been followed and documented throughout the years because of the relationship she's been in with Pete and, you know, Dalton and all these people. And it's like, it's part of the the allure of who she is. And yes, there is going to be a big fascination when you get at, when you and your husband file for divorce and like a week later, you are now dating a new guy and that guy was also married. And then he's filing for divorce. I mean, of course there's going to be a fascination because you're going to be like, so was this a good relationship? Was this a cheating scandal? Like what's happening here? So you can't expect people to not be, fascinated by everything that's happening well especially when it wasn't her song yes and also referencing this relationship yeah yeah so where's the yes and now you know it's supposed to be like yes and like i don't really care and now it's like she's getting all worked up about this but again these are the things that keep these people relevant which keeps their music charting you know it keeps the cycle going you know a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like she just needs to lean in. You, you got to lean into it or I'm okay with you not even having to lean in, but just acknowledging that this is a huge part of your brand and yeah. you just deal with it and, but don't bitch about it. That's the thing. Just well, don't bitch yeah. about it. It would be the same thing like if Taylor Swift bitched about it when she writes songs about her relationships and she is very publicly open with her relationships. And I feel like Ariana is very much the same way. You know, you have some pop stars that aren't as open. Like, I don't think Katy Perry is as open with her relationship with Orlando Bloom. I mean, her dating life has been at the forefront in the past, but I just Mm -hmm. feel like other stars, I feel like have, you know, been able to keep their relationships hidden a bit more whereas i think ariana grande like we've been so fascinated in her relationship she's done public collabs she's publicly gotten engaged that you know she just has to accept that this is the brand that she's created yep don't be about it don't be about it hey exactly yes and yes and that's <laughs> the motto she started thank you next what do we have at number five dax number five prince harry Losing once again, not a good week for him. He uh, lost in a high court challenge over his UK security levels. This has been something that he has been very frustrated about since leaving the royal family and headed to America. Every time he goes back to the UK, um, he is not granted the high security that he once had, you know, and so he is still a very public figure, whether you love him or you hate him, he goes to the UK Everyone knows who he is. He does not feel safe. He doesn't feel safe traveling with his children. He doesn't feel safe traveling with his wife um, because there are still crazies out there that, uh, um, you know, could be wanting to hurt him or whatever. And so he went to court because he wanted to basically say, look, as the UK, you still need to provide me with the level of security detail that you did when I was a working royal. And he just said that he's been treated unfairly um, and that um, they need to step it up. Well, he ended up losing. They said, yeah, no, you are not a working royal, so we don't have to provide you with that level of security any longer. It costs the country a lot of money and you're not a working royal, so sorry. I don't know about this, dude, because yes, he's not a working royal, but he still is one of the most famous, recognizable people on the planet. So, but is that up to the UK or should that be him footing the bill at this point? What are your thoughts? That should be him footing the bill. We don't have to pay for Kim Kardashian's personal details. She pays for that herself. Here's the thing. He chose well, to you leave can't the royal compare family. The, he had the pay. option. <laughs> he had the option to yeah. be a part of this world, which he grew up in. Um, he thought that he was going to be able to leave and, you know, have his cake and eat it too. And that's just not the reality. There are consequences of not being part of the royal family. There are also consequences of going and writing a book and doing a documentary series where you trash your royal family. So what mm-hmm. makes you think anybody in the UK or any of the royals even want him to have that security detail based off of how he's treated the family since leaving? You know, I mean, he lost in this case, but I think he lost the biggest when he married Meghan Markle. So here's a question for you. If it is 
Biden's, I mean, it's hard to say Biden's son because there's so much news story around Biden's son, but let's like make it imaginary. If, you know, Biden's son here doesn't want to be a part of the presidential stuff, does he still get security detail when he's in the country? Because at the end of the day, this is still the king's son. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the king is not fighting for his son to get security. I know. It's crazy. So that's the biggest, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is it's like if he's not fighting for his own son, but again, you dragged your dad in your book. Like you clearly are not looking to have a good relationship with your family. It's a little entitled. It's one thing to be like, listen, we want to leave and have a private life. We don't want to be part of the royal family. But it's like, no, you leave the UK to come to the US to, you know, be the royal refugees where you come into Tyler Perry's mansion and then you sign a deal with Netflix, you sign a deal with Spotify, you, you know, move to California, you're living, you know, you're constantly going to different media events. Um, I just, I don't believe the facade that they want to live a royal life or they want to live a private life outside of the royal family. Um, like it just, you either come here and you work as, as Hollywood celebrities and you pay your own way wherever you go, or you choose to be part of the royal family, but you can't be one foot in one foot out. You have to make a decision because the royal family made that very clear to you before you left. So do you think that if Prince Harry had the option to go back and redo everything that's happened over the last three years, do you think he would do it? Because his plan really backfired big time on him. Like, I think he he thought he was going to be embraced by the world and being able to, you know, say his truth. But it's just like it's ended so poorly for him. Do you think he'd go back and redo it or do you think he's happy with where he's at with everything? Well, that's a really good question, Dax. I don't, I don't know. Cause I mean, go back and redo it means giving up the life that you've built with your wife and your kids and this family. Cause like she clearly doesn't want to be part of this royal family. So he would essentially have to choose. Do I want to start this new family with Megan or do I want to stay with my, you know, my born family, my born into family? But, and I, if so that wouldn't be, the I don't part know. I would say. I feel like he could have pulled himself back from royal duties without shitting all over his family. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he yeah, yeah, he, yeah. There could have been a navigation through this differently where if he wasn't happy, and because I don't want anyone to stay in a, a situation where they're not happy. But right. you remember when they lived in that cottage on the outside of London and it was, you know, a, a different situation. Maybe that was kind of that spot where they weren't in the royal family they weren't working but they didn't have to be involved in it but they aren't weren't shunned from the world because they turned their back on their family i don't know i don't know i mean but then you also have to consider like the way they were able to make a living now is by shitting on the royal family so they wouldn't have really been able to provide for themselves but also i mean come on like spotify gave them a multi-million dollar deal and they fumbled the ball there and lost that contract because they weren't putting in their own work there's a sense of entitlement when it comes to megan and harry that i just i can't stomach so i just don't have much sympathy for them you know, I, I just, I, I can't. <laughs> what do we have at number four, Dax? Uh, number four, Kristen Cavallari. She's got a new boyfriend oh. um, and they are just being uh, trashed online because of their age gap. She is 37. Her new boyfriend, Mark Estes, is 24. Uh, so there's a 12-year age gap there. And they've been posting all these cute photos of them hanging out in Mexico. And all the comments are not like, oh, congrats on your new relationship. It's like, oh, look, you're you're actually posting photos of your kids online. Or <laughs> they are wild. Like, so bad. Um, apparently, though, she's not really phased by any of the comments. I think she's had enough in her life of yeah. people talking crap on her that she kind of just knows it comes with the, the territory of being famous. Um, but... Listen, she's got 4.7 million followers, um, and she's not letting that stop her from having a good time with this guy. Good for her. Listen, he's a hot guy. She's a hot woman. Like, let them live their life. I mean, I don't think there would be, as, or I guess we haven't seen as much trolling if it's a man dating a younger woman. Um, 
But like, listen, Kristen Cavallari is the definition of zero fucks given. Like she will do whatever she wants on her own terms. That's what we loved her for on the Hills and Laguna Beach. And, you know, everybody that's dragging her is just jealous that they're not banging him. Yeah, I was going to say, they're a hot looking couple, by the way. They're a very hot looking couple. If she Um, can pull a 24 year old, good for her. You know what the funny part is? Someone pointed out the fact that he was four years old when Laguna Beach first aired back in 2004. (laughs) That's crazy. He was four when she was in high school. Anyway, listen, just fun, fun facts. Fun facts. What do we have at, at number? What are we number four now? Uh, we're at number three, but you know, we're actually going to do a 3.5. We need to pop this one in there um, because this is a huge news story, but uh, Richard Lewis passed away. Um, a lot of people know him from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was mm-hmm. 76 years old, but a, a huge stand-up comedian. Um, and uh, again, I, I have to reference Curb Your Enthusiasm because most people, I would say, knew him, loved him from that. He kind of played a fictionalized version of himself on that HBO show. Uh, he died on Tuesday night in his home in Los Angeles after suffering a heart attack. Um, he His uh, death was confirmed by his publicist, and he had been living with Parkinson's disease, which he revealed back in April of 2023. And um, just... Obviously, sad story, um, but I did want to get that in there, mention it. There's not much more details uh, per se. I'm, I'm assuming more things will come out over the next couple of days. But um, yeah, just sad little news update for you there. That is sad. He was a talented actor. People loved Curb Your Enthusiasm. 100%. So, all right. Now we get on to actual number three, which is Taylor Swift's father has been accused of uh, assaulting a, a paparazzi in Australia. So, this is a wild story, but there's an Australian photographer who has filed a police complaint against Scott Swift for allegedly punching him uh, as he was leaving a Sydney after party at like 2 30 in the morning on Tuesday. So, this photographer, his name is Ben McDonald. He told CNN that he basically had found out that Taylor was on a yacht in the Sydney Harbor following one of her final shows in the city on Monday night. Well, he claims that uh, Swift was getting off the boat. There was a big security detail and uh, and that Scott basically uh, there was some like there was a, a an umbrella that was shoved in the photographer's face and then the father punched the allegedly punched this guy um and he was just saying that um swift's entourage was being super aggressive and unprofessional and uh he said he just wanted basically an apology from scott about the whole thing um scott's team is saying listen it was everyone was being too aggressive things were going on that this was not a calm situation but I kind of, in my mind, the story is so much better because I'm just picturing Scott, like, just throwing fists yeah. left and right. SPL. Like, I can't picture Scott like that. So that's what it makes it kind of funny. You should never obviously hit a photographer or anyone. But in my mind, it's a really funny story in my head. Do you believe this story, though? Because they're saying that there's footage of her leaving and they have, like, evidence of, like, her walking out with her dad with the umbrella, but there's no actual shots or footage of this alleged punch. So I could see this being one of those situations where it's, it's melee and like arms are flying around. Like, I don't know if this was a closed fist punch per se, but I can see things like when, you know, you've seen a pap crunch before where there's just too many people, there's security, everything's going on, and you maybe go to like push someone out of the way or like get through, and it they they take it as a punch. You know what I'm saying? I think it was, saying, a, oh, it was a Sheena punched. Shea kind of punch. Maybe. Maybe. She can't make a fist because <laughs> of her nails. So that's, that's what Taylor Swift's dad did. He had a Sheena Shea kind of punch. <laughs> so I, I i'm curious to see how this unfolds i don't think this is going to turn into anything um i don't know how he the laws are apology. over he just wants to give the guy an apology move along with your life because you what you don't want to do is drag it out you want this to be a one headline and move on yeah 
which so. it kind of sounds like it's going to be. I don't think, I mean, unless this guy, but then also it, it brings into question, if you then say, I'm sorry, I punched you, does then that open you up to a potential lawsuit where he can see you because then you've openly admitted to putting hands? I think that the way they word that, and it's going to be lawyer sculpted, is I'm sorry if that there was some ruckus as we got off the boat. I apologize if anything happened that could have hurt you. Nothing was intentional. Mm. You know, that Still way opens you don't up to take salt, though. You don't take our. Yeah, you, you can't acknowledge that you did anything, though, like on purpose or malicious, because that's when you're going to get screwed. But even if it's not on purpose, that still opens you up to a, a lawsuit, you know, if it's if he was assaulted, whether it was intentional or not. I don't think intent speaks to assault. So then maybe he just fully leans into it and he's like, gotcha, bitch. I got you right in the face. Come yeah. back. I want to fight you more next time. How about that? Yeah, there we go. That's a perfect way <laughs> to settle that. Baby. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. What do we have at number two? Number two, juicy story. Tish Cyrus uh, mm. being accused of stealing Dominic Purcell from her strange daughter, Noah. Um, so there is an insider within the family. There's been some talk for quite some a time that there has been uh, some falling out within the Cyrus family. Um, and this person is claiming that the source of that fallout is Dominic Purcell and how him and Tish got together. That person is saying that uh, basically Dominic was talking to Noah's Cyrus, and then Tish kind of got in the middle and ended up marrying the guy. And that's why we did not see Noah at the wedding, Dominic and Trish's uh, wedding. Um, and because that was a sense of uh, contention, we are also being told by the source that um, that day, because the, the wedding went down at Miley's house, that there was security outside her home just to make sure that Noah did not show up to the wedding to cause a ruckus. Um, I don't listen. This is from some insider that's claiming that they know. I don't know uh, how much truth is behind this, but it does make for a very juicy, juicy story, which I do love. Listen, if this is true, I'm living for it because the scandal of it all, the Miley of it all, her hosting the wedding at her house. But also, isn't this dude like 54? Like, why would no? Why is Noah dating a 54 year old man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's 54. Tish is 56. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're more compatible with age yeah. than with Noah. Um, but I also maybe think like, like Noah had a crush on him. Maybe Noah had like a banter with him and maybe was interested in him. And then Trish came in and I don't know, uh, came in like a wrecking it's... ball and she stole her man. <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, it is still juicy, which is great. I oh, mean, it's so juicy. I want, yeah, I want Miley to jump in on the fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I would also say decide. that at the end of the day, if even if he was, he was talking to Noah or there was something there, the fact that him and Tish got married means that those were the two that meant to be together. And Noah at a certain point has got to go, okay, like, it didn't work out with us, but clearly my mom and him really hit it off. They're now married. So, like, sucks to be me, but, you know, this is how no, it was meant No, but come on, to, put to yourself in that situation. Let's say you were dating a chick, and all of a sudden your dad comes in and marries her. You're going to tell me you're going to be cool with that. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, it, it is weird, but if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and uh, I got to move the hell on him. Uh, Find someone new. Mm. Wow, what Easier a romantic. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. What is our biggest story of the week, Dax? We got we two. We're going to have we're going to have a number one and then we're going to have a 1.5 on this too because there's so much good Bravo drama going on this week. But uh, the number one story is Real Housewives star Leah McSweeney suing Andy Cohen and Bravo over discrimination, alleging a culture of promoting alcohol and drug use. So uh, basically she filed a civil lawsuit on Tuesday in the, in New York names Cohen, Bravo Media, NBC, Warner Brothers Discovery um, and also Shed Media. But uh, 
uh, basically there, it's a 109 page complaint and she claims that um, it was that Bravo was a rotted workplace with a, a culture where employees were pressured to consume alcohol, that she also alleges defendants failed to maintain a safe working environment and accommodate her disabilities, including her quote unquote alcohol use disorder and mental health disorder. So she is saying, look, they would fuel these sets with alcohol. And she said, look, I disclosed that I had broken nine years of sobriety, but I was sober at the time of filming season 12 for the show. Um, but they did not take that into consideration. They put alcohol out. They encouraged people to drink. She also went on to say that Andy Cohen would uh, give Coke to his uh, his favorite housewives. And because of this relationship with the women that are taking his Coke, he also gives them favorable treatment and edits um, so there's a lot in this. It is, again, I love the word juicy. This is a definitely juicy court document to be reading. Um, but Zach, you and I talked about this earlier this week. Thoughts yeah. on this whole thing? I mean, here's the thing. Most of her complaints are coming from her like first and second season on Real Houses of New York, right? Fine. I get it. It was toxic. You, you know, they encourage you to drink, whatever. Um, also, we kind of are under, you know, the understanding of what reality television is. You kind of know what Housewives is. You did it for one season. You came in for a second season. But not only that, but then years later, she goes on to go on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip where she's completely sober. And they made it very clear, you know, because they spoke out because this isn't the first time that she's made these accusations. She filed a complaint. Um, I believe it was last year that got dismissed. And she's, you know, since she'd been trying to do Bethany's reality reckoning, which congrats to Bethany, she's killing it at that. But like, you know, Leah keeps trying to, to uh, make waves with the network. And the network came out when she got her first complaint dismissed. And they're like, when she was filming Ultimate Girls Trip, we decided, you know, we gave her the option to be in a hotel that was closer to AA meetings. We were very much trying to be accommodating of the fact that, you know, she is sober. You know, they said that they have other people on the network. You have Kyle Richards, who's currently on Beverly Hills, that's sober. You have Margaret Josephs on New Jersey that doesn't drink. You have Lala Kent, who identifies as an alcoholic, also doesn't drink, filming Vanderpump Rules. She's been doing that for many seasons. So it's not that they don't, it's not that it's impossible for somebody to not be drinking on any of these shows. And it's not like Bravo's pressuring Lala Kent to drink because Lala's very clearly sober on this season as well. And we're seeing that as a growing trend with a lot of these Bravo stars. So, and not only did Leah go on to do Ultimate Girls Trip where she maintained her sobriety, but she openly admitted to going on to Ultimate Girls Trip because the network was then promising her a spot on the Roni reboot. So... Yeah. If the environment was this toxic, then why were you still willing to continue to engage? Why did you do a second season of Housewives? Why did you do Ultimate Girls Trip? Why were you upset when they didn't give you the reboot after you said that they promised you the reboot if you did Ultimate Girls Trip? Um, it just seems like she doesn't have much of a leg to stand on. And when it comes to Andy Cohen doing drugs with Housewives, like I don't get the relevance of that. Um, if that's the case, that's, you know, something that needs to be taken up with, um, you know, with the producers of Watch What Happens Live and, you know, NBC's affiliation there. But, you know, it, that's not putting her in a dangerous, toxic work environment. And how does she even prove that? A lot of the accusations that she makes, I feel like are really tough for her to prove, especially considering her original complaint was dismissed. I would say that this is a good thing to put out to anyone if they're ever interested in doing reality shows, if you are trying to stay, stay sober, if you are trying to stay mentally sane, if you are in a relationship that could potentially fall apart, do not do reality TV yeah. because that is what they are going to exploit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at the end of the day, we all know that reality TV they are fueling contestants with booze and all of these things or here we're going to set it out on the table and see what you do with it. We've watched it on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette yeah. millions of times. Like they stock the houses because it equals drama, which is good television. Uh, yeah. We've seen so many marriages fall apart. So like, again, if you're going to get into reality television, you also need to know that there is a slight bit of, yes, this happens and it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people. 
I mean, there might be bad people that work at all these different networks. I'm sure there are. Um, but this is a tactic and you need to know it when you go into do reality shows and reality TV that you're going to be subjected to a lot of shit that could make you potentially look really bad on television. Look at Jenna Lyons. Jenna Lyons, I mean, it's pretty understood that she's not coming back for a second season of the Roni reboots. And it's because she didn't like the environment. She's like, this world of housewives is not for me. And you could tell when she was doing press for the show, she hates the show so much and hates that she's a part of it or she agreed to do it. And it's just like, she's like, this was not for me. I don't like this environment. I'm out, you know? <laughs> And I like I like drama. Don't get me wrong. I like drama, yeah. but I don't want drama in my own life. I hate drama in my own personal life. So like, I love it. I, <laughs> so I couldn't stand being constantly like pissed off at people. Plus, I've got a really terrible memory. So like, I wouldn't even remember why I was pissed off at that person to keep the grudge going. Like, I, I would be the worst. Those are the best ones because then they roll back the footage because you're like, I never said that. And then they're like, hold on, rewind. And then they have the words coming out of your mouth on camera. And then it's like, there were scenes. And then it's you look a like a total thing. douchebag. I mean, it's, it's insane. But we, we okay. do need you to talk about Tom Sandoval. Exactly. We do need to talk about more Scandaval stuff while we speak about Bravo, uh, because now uh, Rachel Levis is suing Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval for the Scandaval fallout, claiming her reputation and her career were absolutely destroyed um, and basically suing Tom and Ariana for revenge porn, eavesdropping and. Uh, uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress, invasion of privacy, um, following um, everything that happened with Scandaval and how public it got. So she filed a complaint in the Los Angeles Superior Court on Thursday and uh, basically pertaining to there was a FaceTime video that uh, she had mentioned in the past where I guess she knew that Ariana knew the extent of the the cheating when this video was kind of screen grabbed and sent to her by Ariana. And, uh, and so I guess that played into a lot of the mental struggles that she had, why she put herself into therapy um, and, and kind of had to step away from it for a while. Zach, is this a ploy to stay famous or do you think that there is some legs to stand on? I mean, legs to stand on with her suit against Tom. Because if she feels this violated by him because he made this video um, against her will, then yeah, I think that there's a case about of revenge porn that she could, you know, sue him for. Why she's doing this a year later? Somebody just DM'd me and they're like, "I was just thinking, how are we going to celebrate the one year anniversary of Scandaval?" And then Rachel files this lawsuit. It's like, here we go, we're celebrating. It's literally been a whole year. She continued a relationship with him for weeks to months after all of this information came out. So the timing of it is a little questionable. I do think she has a case of revenge porn against Tom. The timing of it, strange. Why she's naming Ariana in this lawsuit is very, very weird. Um, because it's like, you already screwed this chick's man and lied to her face and embarrassed her on national television. And then now you're just going to keep adding uh, salt into the wound. And just like, what do you want at this point? I think at this point, it, it does look like it's for relevance because she's like, oh my God, Scandaval was so hard on my mental health. Yet she was negotiating to come back to Bravo to star on Vanderpump Rules if they gave her a substantial amount of more money. Um, she was negotiating, as we learned in the New York Times article last week, she was negotiating to get a development deal from Bravo as a result of all of this. And she started a podcast where she can't stop talking about Scandaval. So it's like, is this too much for your mental health or are you just so addicted to the chaos at this point? And what did that mental facility really do for you? So the complaint did state it said lost in the mix was that Levis was a victim of the predatory and dishonest behavior of an older man who recorded sexually explicit videos of her without her knowledge or consent, which were then distributed, dismantled, disseminated and discussed publicly by a scorned woman seeking vengeance. So that is why Ariana is brought into the mix but of those the whole thing. Right. But we've already learned that that's not true. Ariana has already come out publicly and said she never distributed the video. And from what we see from watching that finale and the reunion of Scandaval, we 
they don't talk about the FaceTime. Like they bleep it out. They, you know, we really don't get any details about that video. Like production was very mindful of making that piece. All we know is that Ariana found something on Tom's phone. We don't know the details of it. You know, it ended up leaking in the press that it was Raquel and Tom, you know, getting each other off. But like, she's the one that's making this a bigger thing. It's like, we forgot that she was, you know, rubbing one out with Sandoval a year ago, but now here we are talking about it again, but it's so embarrassing and and detrimental to her mental health, but she can't shut up about Scandival. It does bring a spotlight right back onto it. Like if you want something to go to her coachy, that's spotlight. It's back onto the FaceTime. (laughs) Like we weren't talking about this. (laughs) we moved uh, on we moved on um but listen it sells for everyone involved i can tell you because she may say that her career was ruined but people are still talking about her so there, there's yeah. going to be a show there's going to be some reality show that wants her on is really what it her comes career wasn't ruined because she had the option to return to the show yeah she's just mad that they didn't give her the money that she wanted and the development deal that she was seeking from the network that has this toxic environment there was a lot to unpack this week. Holy moly, so many lawsuits, so much stuff in there. I didn't even mention that Brad- Bradley Cooper talks about uh, just walking around his house naked. And he, whenever he's home, he doesn't want to be wearing clothes. I mean, that was another big story this week. So Good for him. Uh, we couldn't even get it all in because this week was such a big week. But uh, I mean, is there anything that I happened to miss that uh, you saw out there? No, I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Fuck yeah, we did a good job then because you are 100% a professional in this entertainment news uh, business. And if you guys have never checked out uh, Zach's podcast, No Filter with Zach Peter, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on YouTube. It is everywhere that you consume your podcasts. He dives deep into all things Bravo. He is a Bravo professional. Uh, Even even myself, there's times where I got to check myself out of Bravo. But Zach does not. (laughs) Zach is... 100% invested in all things Bravo, and I know you guys love it out there. Um, Zach, where else can people find you or or follow you or give them the rundown? You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Podcast streams four days a week, bonus episodes on Fridays. And I also have a new show out called Disaster Daters, which gets into my dating, sex, and relationships, which is quite the adventure. It's called Disaster Daters. You can watch it exclusively on Spotify now or listen to it on your favorite podcast apps. We put all of our wildest dating stories out there. So if you are tired of Bravo or celebrities in general, you can always tune into that too. Is the dark hair helping with the dating life? You know, it is. It really is. I am getting hit up a lot more and it's very much making life exciting. Love it. All right, Zach. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the Raw Rundown. For anyone, uh, please go follow us on social media. You can follow at Hollywood Raw on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We're at it all. And if you have a chance, hit us up on our private Facebook group called Off the Record, where we talk about all things uh, that we don't talk about on here. Uh, You can follow me at Dax Holt. You can follow my normal co-host, Adam, at Adam Glenn. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.